Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Trident Wargaming podcast. I'm Andy, one of your hosts. Uh, today with me, I have Dana. How's it going, Dana? Not too bad. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Dana's been on the on the podcast before. Uh, we're talking about some bolt action, of course, today as well, as we are hitting up that uh, front of rolling dice for bolt action in the next little bit. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to be talking about one of the armies again for bolt action. And this time, it's Finland. So, uh, out of the Armies of Italy and the Axis book, uh, you have a whole bunch of of the other armies that you can play in scenarios and or just pickup games. So, uh, Dana plays the Finns, which is awesome. So we'll be going through a lot of that kind of stuff and the info and special rules and whatnot. But first off, as always, we're going to go to the hobby front. So what's on your plate, Dana? Oh, well, uh, actually, I am currently working on some uh, of Warlord's uh, epic scale stuff right now. Um, there's been uh, been a new release of uh, one of their game systems, Pike and Shot, uh, that's been shrunk down to their uh, their 13.5 millimeter epic scale, and I got some free sprues of this. And nice. I thought I'm gonna take a shot and paint some mini minis. Mini minis. <laughs> I like mini-minis. that. Mini minis. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, it's that's ironically enough the only thing on my work table. Um, I caught up on a bunch of projects um, that I was working on for for some of the local scene that went uh, going down here. Some uh, finished up uh, some some my bolt action British guys. Uh, two units of engineers that I had to do, and I finished those up about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, some Horus Heresy stuff for uh, Trident's event uh, yep. a week ago, and now mini minis. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always these things. Sorry, nope. uh, these things are are actually amazing. The uh, the detail that uh, they have put into these thirteen mil models mm-hmm. is really good. Like you can see the. Can see everything on them. I I am quite shocked. No, that's awesome. I I actually have a whole bunch of them. Um, I just haven't uh, really jumped into uh, any of the actual systems to to build them and or play them kind of thing. Well, I have I have a little bit with like the American Civil War uh, with Jason, mm-hmm. um, but myself like they're literally sitting in a box just kind of parked you know like <laughs> the the, sh- the shame pile you know my heap and pile of boxes of course um yep but yeah i got I, I have the american civil war stuff and then they ended up sending me a demo box for the napoleonic uh epic um stuff as well so uh pretty neat to to see it and see what they've done with it and it's actually a pretty smart move 
um, by Warlord Games as well to incorporate being able to play those mass, you know, lines of battle regiments uh, in that epic style, I guess, um, with all the little the little minis. So, um, you know, props to them for doing that because I think a lot of people may prefer painting, you know, that line of, of little minis compared to painting that unit of 28 mil figs about, you know, 400 times. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the three foot distance, uh, definitely comes in, uh, and definitely favors your painting much better when, uh, they're only 13 mil rather than 28 mil. So yeah. <laughs> as long as your colors match or, or, or you try and get your colors to match, uh, whatever you're painting on these Epic stuff, um, it doesn't matter if you're three foot or two foot, like you're, you, you, you can see the detail, but you can also hide the detail. Nice. And, uh, I think a lot of painters like that. Um, it's a little harder to, uh, hide mistakes or, or, uh, um, fudge things up, uh, when you're painting 28. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that compared to these. So nice. yeah, that's good. I, uh, I, I also have uh, a box of ACW stuff uh, that I painted up uh, about two years ago um, when I was bored, when it first came out, and thought I'd try my, my hand at it. Um, and they were really good, too. Um, I, I thought they actually painted it up well. I kind of shot myself in the foot, though, because I was trying out the, the contrast on them because mm -hmm. uh, I had used contrast at the time and uh, they were definitely a lot more work uh, it definitely felt like I was painting a hundred guys um, rather than just uh, a small small stand of guys uh, just having to go back and fix the mistakes of the contrast and not uh, not really knowing what I was doing but it turned out okay and then uh, gave them to a friend of mine <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah Nice. Yeah. I know in uh, in our community there's not too too many people that play uh the Napoleonic or uh you know ACW or or you know Pike and Shot. Um there's a few that do and it's it's interesting. It, it seems really fun though when it, it does get busted out. I know I've been involved in a couple of the Napoleonic battles and it's uh it's pretty fun to play, especially when you get like that first turn charge with your French dragoons across the board because you made three orders and you're looking at your opponent's face and like just shaking their head at you, right? <laughs> Freaking Andy, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's one of those games that is just it's definitely just fun to play and the uh, the generals come out, you know, as you're playing, right? Everybody's joking around and stuff like that, so it's it's good. Yeah, it's get get a couple of little internal arguments on one side about who should uh, who should act first or who should do what first just because you're uh, you're both uh, you're, the, the tactical genius kind of butts head uh, yeah. between you and your friends <laughs> but uh, yeah it's it's um, we're, we're kind of the same down here um, we, we we do have a uh, in, in Calgary we do have uh, two uh, moderately active uh historical groups that uh, do play a lot of warlords uh, 
historical games outside of bolt action. So right. things like Hail Caesar or, or Pike and Shot or, or Napoleonics, Black Powder. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the many plethora of spawn, small skirmish games in those eras. Um, but it's, it's one of those scenes, like it's, it's, you, you, you get people who are dedicated to it and who like it for their various reasons, you know, colorful uniforms, big infantry battles, um, or even just the historical aspect of it. Um, and then there's people that just look at it as being <laughs> like almost boring at times. Like yeah. they, they, they might uh, look at it and be like, oh, that's really cool. It's a really cool paint job, or I, I, I like how that looks and stuff. But they just, the interest is not there uh, for them. And uh, there's not a lot of diversity in that aspect. Like, there's it's one side or it's the other for, for most it's, gamers that I've found, I've seen anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause like, I, and I can see it too, right? Like, trying to introduce napoleonics to uh even a couple of my friends and even like even some of the guys right um there's a pretty good chance that i wouldn't get anybody to even really look at it right not mm -hmm. too many people are interested in that era um it's it's either like world war ii or futuristic yeah right or fantasy essentially um but I guess it's it's there's the the flair like of these other games that have these big flashy units or models or whatever. Whereas Napoleonics, you know, it's um, pretty pretty straightforward. You're in white, red, or blue uniforms with black pipe hats, and you know, just it's all muskets, big yep, big lines, big lines of miniatures, and that's you know some cavalry cannons, and that's about it. Well. Tell you to tell you, but that's about it. <laughs> that's that's yep. how, that's that's historical. Like that's really about it. So if you're into that, cool. You know, and uh, and it it even gets me a little uh, a little sometimes too when uh, when when someone shows uh, like a vague interest in in especially one of one of Warlord's games uh, in these genres, and you start talking about the game and and the rules and kind of like the layout or the idea behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the, the interest is kind of there. And then, you know, you say, yeah, and, and it was all developed by, you know, Rick Priestley and, and uh, Paul Sawyer. And for, for a lot of, uh, you know, gamers in our generation, we're like, Rick Priestley, wasn't he the guy that did Warhammer? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Paul Sawyer. Wasn't he the guy that did White Dwarf? And you're like, yeah. The founding fathers of GW. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those those are the guys that uh, that built that brand and uh, and uh, helped build that empire. And uh, now they're doing what they love yeah. in this other area. And occasionally you might get someone who gets a little bit more interested. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah. One of those obscure what about games. You? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Andy? What, uh, uh, what's on your plate? I've been, I guess, gaming. Um, also, I kind of, ever since the Heresy uh, uh, event finished off and 
I was able to put my paintbrush down a bit, you know, after trying to pump out so many white scars in so little time. Uh, I kind of just took a little break and kind of just looked around and said to myself, what is it that I really want to work on? Um, funny enough, I banged out my Legion champion for heresy for my scars with the banner that I posted earlier in the week, mm-hmm. last week, and, um, just ended up grabbing, uh, some, uh, conquest last argument of Kings, uh, miniatures that I have lined up and just started basing them kind of slowly tinkering on stuff, you know, putting some projects away, bringing some other projects out. Um, but yeah, essentially that was about it. Like not much, uh, playing some games, played a, what, two, uh, two games of bolt action on the week. So that was good to get back into that. And, um, just looking at, uh, some other stuff coming out, looking at different armies, painting videos. That's really about it for, for me in the hobby section. Just so. taking that hobby, hobby relaxation time. Yeah, a little bit. And just kind of taking a little break from, uh, you know, from like, kind of like heresy. Um, but at the same time, still slowly working on, on them to get them complete, right? The white scars. Mm-hmm. Um, so every week I'll, you know, every day I'll, I'll put a little bit of color on stuff and get it to a point where it's okay. It's ready for the AK bang. That's done. Cleaning up bang done. Right. So that, and, uh, I guess this, uh, next up will be finishing off the, uh, the DAC army for bolt action that I've been doing for my slow grow. So essentially I have a tank and the actual 88. So the Panzer three and an 88 to finish off. And that army is going to be at a thousand points. So then I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest the, the other 250, build it, mm-hmm. paint it. Um, so yeah, like I've mentioned on one of the other episodes, uh, I got a couple of, um, I want to do a little bit of, uh, videos on, you know, how I did my tank and my 88 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I got some micro art studio terrain to assemble and kind of do a little review on. So yeah, just some stuff for the channel essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, but, um, yeah, that's a good little, good little hit there on the hobby front. So, um, interesting that, you know, we were talking about the Napoleonics and, and all that stuff, which is like a, a bit more of a rare game and, and session or uh, system to play. And yet here we're looking at some fins to play, which are a little bit more <laughs> rare in the, uh, oh. the bolt action scene, I would say. Um, I think, uh, I think outside of, uh, two other armies, I think they're one of the, uh, the more rarer forces you'll see mm-hmm. out on the table for sure. Yeah, I, I know we have uh, a gentleman here uh, playing them in the slow grow. It's his first bolt action army, and he decided to go with the fins. So, oh, which is nice. interesting. Yeah, um, he's he's gonna love this episode. Yeah, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, I guess one thing with the fins, um, range of of miniatures through uh, Warlord Games, I'd say they're pretty decent. 
for what they have uh, compared to what they have in the book here. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that really stands out for them? Um, how about we how about we cover miniatures a little bit later? Because I, I I got oh. some points on this that okay. I want to uh, that that we'll talk about a little bit later. Even though we can kind of work it into like hobby time. Um, yeah, I think a little bit later it might. Uh, okay, it might fair be enough. Better. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Then uh, I guess we'll just jump right into the army itself. So that. Sounds like a great idea. So, army special rules. So, you you, you got a couple good ones in here. Oh, man. Um, these special rules for this army in bolt action are probably um, and arguably the best in the game. Um, and for good reason. Um, they... They literally put the fear uh, in your opponent. <laughs> um, the 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 fin the fins have um, scariness wrapped up in a nice little ball that they hold very close to their chest. So, mm. uh, yeah, we'll go over these, and everyone will find out uh, why in a minute. Uh, so, the first army special rule um, outside of uh, uh, outside of the normal bolt action rules, is mm-hmm. uh, called Sisu. Uh, S-I-S-U. Um, now, Sisu is um, something that the Finns call that is kind of a, a bit of bravado, a bit of a bra- bravery, um, and a little bit of tenacity kind of all rolled up into one. Right. Um, and it's meant to represent the Finns. Um, ability to kind of persevere in the face of all danger um, and in war. Uh, and what the the special rule does um, is that when any of your infantry or artillery units um, are reduced uh, to 50% or less uh, models of their starting strength, um, they go up one rank in... Um, experience. So an inexperienced troop uh, will become a regular troop. Regulars will become veterans. Now here's where things get scary. And most of these rules will do it. The Finns break the rule that um, everyone has a morale of 10 and you can never get higher. Because veterans, when they are reduced to 50% or less, their morale goes up to an 11. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, pretty tough. So, yeah, trying to get uh, veteran friends out of uh, out of a building or a dug-in position on a leadership role of eleven or less—it's kind of hard. <laughs> Double box cars is the only thing that'll make them run, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, you just gotta it, hit it, him. It can, you just gotta hit him with a bigger gun, <laughs> like an eighty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this rule is is kind of the defining thing for uh, fins because of this 
automatic increase. Right. Um, and what's very interesting is that in the rule, uh, in the rule write-up itself, um, it says that uh, when the infantry unit is reduced um, to that 50% or below, um, this automatically kicks in. Yeah. So, um, a regular unit uh, that get, uh, let's say a regular eight-man unit that gets uh, shot up um, and loses four guys, um, before they make morale tests, they automatically jump to veteran status and can then test on that veteran status. Um, they immediately get better at their job. <laughs> so it can yeah, put that's a interesting. bit of a hamper on people. Yep. Yeah, because the, the actual wording is before any more dice are rolled. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you were to take casualties from a flamethrower, reduces you. So now, before anything, like anything else is rolled, pins, you know, this or that, whatever, whatever the case may be, you're instantly just, you're now plus one, you know, for uh, morale, essentially. For like, exactly. a for a veteran, right? So, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, that makes a big, big difference. Huh. It, it's, uh, and, and that wording is very specific and, uh, they, it hasn't been FAQ'd or anything. Um, so, uh, you, you are right. Um, when shooting with different profiles or different weapons, like it, it can uh, it can change a, uh, a firefight fairly quickly. Um, and I know that uh, a lot of people might uh, sit there and you know they might roll their their um, their small arms fire uh, together with uh, with other things. But if you say have a flamethrower in a unit and small arms, they don't actually get to fire. Uh, at the same instance, mm -hmm. um, so like you said, they can. Uh, it can be a little bit tricky trying to deal with them, okay. and it 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 lives up to its name of being Sisu. You know, a little bit of bra bravado, bravery, ferocity, and tenacity. Hmm. So, um, and it actually incorporate or encapsulates uh, um, uh, the 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 finish uh, war mentality in real life fairly well. Um, Finns were, uh, the Finnish army was greatly outnumbered uh, during the entirety of World War II. They fought mostly the, the Soviets um, right. um, for the most part. Um, and they, they didn't have the bodies to be able to, uh, to take them on one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so they had to, they had to be tougher. They had to be stronger. Um, and uh, smarter, and that's what they did. So, hmm. yeah. Nice. Um, next up, we have uh, trained huntsmen. So, trained huntsmen is another one of their strengths um, that, again, encapsulates their way of war um, in the army. Um, and it says that. Um, Many Finns were expert marksmen, used to hunting and shooting for leisure, uh, and so were very much used to lying silently in wait for an approaching target while taking careful aim. Uh, so, as long as any Finnish infantry has an ambush order die next to it, it 
can re-roll morale checks, <clears throat> which is pretty good. Um, but it's actually the second part that makes them better, um, where it says also when the unit opens fire from an ambush, um, so you got your guys lined up in a building, you put your ambush order down, and your enemy pops in front of you. It says all models in the unit that are armed with a rifle, including snipers, gain an additional plus one to hit bonus. That is phenomenal yeah, for a is. game where rifles and bodies win you combat. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that kind of mitigates... You know some of the uh, negatives in the game, right? And in mm -hmm. like in like any game, if there's a way of playing an army or, or making a unit that can mitigate something or give you a bonus to something, is really really good. And in bolt action, you don't really see that too much, right? You don't really see a bonus of to hit. Mm -hmm. So this is like this is something completely different out of most armies. Exactly, and like a lot of a lot of uh, I guess experienced players know that that uh, minuses to hit happen all the time. You're firing through a hedge, you're firing through a building. Your opponent is down. Um, you know they they the minuses stack up, and and the firefight can become a little harder. But having this in play um, on top of the fact that it's on an ambush order. So you get to pick when you get to use it and you get to control that firefight just allows you to, to not only mitigate your roles, but control the battle. You are the one that gets to do that. Yeah. And that's one of the, uh, that's the, really the second strength of this army is that uh, uh, it, the, the the person who's playing it is generally the one in control of the battle um, because they do get to try and maximize the use of their rules. And they want to. They want to maximize those uses. So it's a good one. Plus one to hit and a reroll of morale. Yep. Especially if you're at half strength and your veterans are morale 11, you just got flamethrowers. And I think, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> true. And I think there, uh, we, we'll, we'll go into it here soon enough, but I think there's a unit that there's a, actually a pretty wicked little combo that I think that plays with. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But, I know uh, what you're laying down. We'll definitely get to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And the third and final uh, rule, uh, the... Uh, Finnish rule is Motti, M-O-T-T-I-E, uh, or, or sorry, M-O-T-T-I. Um, and what this does is um, this represents their ability to um, get around the enemy, uh, work in smaller units, and um, become uh, more of a, almost a modern tactical unit. So rather than having your officer give you orders to do everything, they were they were more able to, to handle themselves. Um, and what it does is it just uh, negates the minus one modifier for the order test when you're outflanking. Um, so when you want to bring your your 
couple of your rifle squads out for uh, maybe one of your uh, maybe one of your tanks, um, you can negate that minus one modifier, um, which is again another mitigation. You're 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 not you're you're coming in at a straight roll rather than uh, hampered, um, and even uh, even if let's say someone playing uh got the brandenburgers the the german uh anti-outflank squad um it kind of negates that because instead of suffering a minus two you're now suffering a minus one which is a little safer than anybody any other army on the field so yeah hmm. yeah that's pretty good Every, it's kind of like uh yeah. kind of like a pack of wolves essentially mm -hmm. right mm-hmm but um, I, I like their description of how they even mentioned that they would sometimes let the enemy escape a little bit just to kind of cut the forces into a manageable, you know, a target to take out kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. It's, it's almost like that, uh, uh, you see those scenes in uh, some of like uh, the the ancient uh, movies or TV shows where they got the shield wall up and, you know, everyone's fighting and then all of a sudden they kind of open that sleeve and let some guys out to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's they, they, the, the Finnish use that on, uh, on a large scale battle, uh, hmm. tactically. Like it's, it, it's amazing what they did. Their history is just amazing. Like reading up on it, um, what they had to go through and, and what they endured. It's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. Definitely an interesting, interesting army, both uh, on the tabletop and in history. So uh, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. one one of the uh, well, the only democratically elected governments that fought for the Axis powers. Hmm. There's yeah. some history behind there, but it's still like it's interesting to see. So. <laughs> guess we should get into some of these units the units yeah yeah. Um, yeah so a lot of a lot of the units are you know some of the the basic units obviously your your hq and stuff like that for observers uh pretty pretty much the same as everybody else um except your medic actually has a pistol or a rifle um which is interesting i don't know if the other ones do don't know if the other, uh, uh, they do not um, the, uh, the medic, um, in this is actually armed, um, and, uh, he can have a rifle. Um, he still can't shoot though. <laughs> mm. That's because of the, because of the, uh, Geneva convention rules. Um, he cannot shoot, but he does get these armaments. So. Right. It's interesting. So, yeah, I mean has to defend himself right eventually but mm -hmm. um, regardless yeah pretty much basic there and then oh. we jump into some of these infantry squads which uh, there's a few in here that are uh, named uh, or more uh, specialized units so I guess we could start off with the uh, winter war rifle squad uh, one thing I did notice in here is they're very much like the German book where they are regulars or veterans. Yes. Right. I, I don't think there's 
inexperience at all in your at least your basic troops, right? Like not basic yeah. troops, but your 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 troops. Period. Yeah, your infantry are all um, regular or veteran. There are no inexperienced infantry uh, in Finland. <laughs> hmm. Except That's... the Soviets. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so interesting enough, like, uh, you know, your usual rifles and whatnot, uh, you can have for this squad, for the uh, Winter War Rifle Squad. Um, interesting that they say either the NCO may be equipped with a submachine gun instead of a rifle for three points. Or one other soldier may be equipped with an LMG for 20. So, essentially, you're uh, you're not taking the SMG, I'm, I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to kind of stick with your rifle, just due to the fact that um, probably is more beneficial for your style of army, just due to the, the huntsman rule, right? Mm-hmm. So makes sense. Um, if they're that getting that close for assaulting you, well, I think you probably fucked up. But <laughs> you know, it happens. A little too close, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but they got they tend to have a lot of options on these units, which is pretty neat. Uh, improvised anti tank weapons, you know, count as uh, anti tank grenades. And then you are also able to become a tough fighter for for one point on most of them, and also equipped with skis for one point. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. That's different. And the uh, uh, that they are definitely geared towards those uh, those winter themed and winter rules wise um, uh, missions. Um, if uh, if you or your group happen to be playing with them, um, or if they're incorporated into any of the mission packs, uh, those those skis definitely come come in handy. Um, being able to move uh, fast over snowy terrain and stuff. I once argued that uh, I should be able to use my skis in the desert, but uh, my opponent said no. <laughs> so, but the tough fighters is definitely where it's at. At one point, a man, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. You get uh, uh, one NCO and four men, and then four additional men with rifles. Um, so nine men, nine points for Tough Fighter. It's it's worth every penny. Kind of a no-brainer, take it. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we have what? Continuation uh, War Rifle Squad? Yep. It... Uh, it is basically the same as a Winter War Rifle Squad, mm-hmm. um, with the exception that um, the NCO and one additional soldier may be equipped with a submachine gun for three points. Um, and then you have another option um, where one soldier can take a light machine gun for 20 points uh, with a loader. And you also have the option that two men can take Panzerfausts uh, for five points each. Which is super handy. Yeah, no doubt. Some anti, uh, anti-vehicle, anti-tank weaponry. That helps. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when you're in ambush. Mm-hmm. Ambush position, firing off those rifles. Um, but because the Panzerfausts are 
one-use items. They can also be fired in a separate direction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and then again, you can buy tough fighter, buy skis, you can buy anti-tank grenades. So, so these pretty standard rifle squad. Yeah. So these these two squads to me seem like you know your regular and your veteran units, um, more like just like the German here infantry and whatnot. Um, with a little bit more options, of course, right? Because these are more specialized units. And then uh, the Panzerfaust, they're kind of like a, a Panzergrenadier unit almost. Um, yeah. Just not on the uh, exceptional side of, of the extra LMGs or, or assault rifles kind of thing, right? So Exactly. The, uh, the Winter War Rifle Squad um, is supposed to represent the, uh, the initial attack um, of the Soviets on Finland um, mm -hmm. and the Finns having to do what they can with what they had. Um, the Continuation War Rifle Squad um, is uh, after the, the Winter War um, happened. Germany offered assistance to Finland. Uh, during their uh, their mutual disgust of the Soviets, um, and so they were equipped with more equipment that they needed, like the LMG and the the Panzerfaust. So the units were able to split things up a little bit more, and they had a little bit more equipment. So that's kind of where that difference is um, when you're playing kind of in period or in period missions. Nice, nice. There you go. Uh, now the next unit, um, I couldn't tell you how to really pronounce the name of it. Well, allow me to assist you with that. I will allow you to assist me with that. <laughs> so uh, the next squad we have is the Jakari Light Infantry Squad, um, or Jaegers. Um, Jakari is the, the, the term for mountain or light um, infantry. Um, and... These guys are the best of the best um, at the time during the continuation for um, some of the more younger, spunkier uh, soldiers ready to go in on, on action. Hmm. Uh, so they start off as veteran infantry um, with uh, an NCO and four men with rifles. Um, you can take six additional soldiers. Uh, with rifles for 13 points. Um, and here's where the options differ uh, from the regular rifle squads. So any soldier may have a submachine gun instead of their rifle for three points. So that means that you can equip them for anything you need them to do. You know, you want them rapid assault, give them their uh, submachine guns. You want them to hold a, an objective or hold a spot keep them with their rifles, put them in ambush. Um, they're very universal soldiers. Uh, one soldier can have a light machine gun for 20 points. Um, two men can have Panzerfausts uh, for their five points. They get their anti-tank grenades. Um, but instead of their... Uh, but not only with their skis, they have the option of buying bicycles for one point a model. Hmm. As well as the tough fighter for one point. So the bicycles is a very interesting addition to this um and i i actually had to do a little bit of reading um and what this squad is 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 meant to do 
or is meant to represent is that these are scouts um, who are uh, who are out um, behind the enemy uh, behind the Soviet lines uh, moving quickly along the roads but because of uh, the terrain of, of Finland where it's very mountainous um, and very um, there's a lot of trees and, and hills um, smoke and exhaust can be seen and heard for a very long time so these guys were given bicycles um, during the spring and summer and, and into the fall to try and traverse the roadways uh, that they knew so well to get behind their enemies and in reality a bike can go where a truck can't so they could go up a hillside um, with their bikes um, and then come down in another fashion so hmm. interesting. It's interesting yeah interesting yeah, but again neat. they are a, 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 a slightly better infantry squad um with that uh, ability to take some machine guns and you kind of got to think about that tactically of what you want them to do on the battlefield but right they are they are still they are still just uh infantry altogether hmm. so the next unit <laughs> is probably the one that you probably see the most in an army uh, they're veterans as well. They are, um, is it pronounced CC? That's right. Recon squads, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so interesting that we've gone from, you know, kind of your infantry squads that are regular to veteran, couple of extra things that they can take. You start going to more specialized uh, units, and now you are going to an even more specialized unit, uh, which is pretty neat. So I'll let you. I'll let you read this one and go through this one because I'm sure you're itching. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for the next one. But yes, yes, the CC Recon. Uh, they are your bread and butter. Um, so again, veteran infantry, uh, seventy points at uh, one man and or one NCO and four men. They can take up to four different soldiers uh, or at 14 points. Um, you can equip them with submachine guns instead of a rifle for three points each. Um, one soldier can have a light machine gun and the entire squad can be equipped with anti-tank grenades um, for two points mm -hmm. a model. Uh, they can get their skis for one point and they can get tough fighter for one point per model. Now, even though they sound the exact same as the Jakari Light Infantry Squad, the exception of no bicycles, these guys are better. So they have a special rule called Master of the Hunt. So Master of the Hunt is uh, allows the CC Recon Squads to move into an ambush position, or into an ambush position. Um, what this means is that when your CC Recon Squad advances, um, yes, makes an advance move, um, and they don't shoot after that advance move, they can turn their dice to ambush and prepare to fight, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> because, which, yeah, plus one on ambush. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. 
So yeah. these are this is the unit that you want to have equipped with pretty much rifles. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and then using that master of the hunt combined with the trains huntsman rule, getting that bonus, getting into position, setting up that ambush, moving around wherever you need to, getting back into cover, getting into different cover, different angles, and just taking full, um, you know, uh, using the resources you have at hand essentially to set yourself up to pick off those units that are going to come across you and you're going to trigger your ambush. Exactly. So, and you're, you're oh, it's crazy. You're veteran. Like, yeah. 70 points, you're veteran. You have lots of options. I mean, even against tanks, you can still be a tank hunter. Combat, you're a tough fighter. Like, it's a really, really, really good unit. It, and then in, in combination with those rules as well. It is it is probably one of one of the scariest units that people have to fight on the battlefield. Um, and mm. it's it it has a li- so the Finnish army has that little bit of give and take. You have to give in order to get. Um, so as an example, uh, you start off with five men at seventy points. You can add up to four. Okay, if you want to kind of um, make your rules efficient, you're only going to take eight men in this unit. <clears throat> um, and most of your rifle squads. Uh, it's just an easier number to go with when you're looking at your your uh, your Mahdi and your um, morale and experience level boost. Because when you lose four men, you're going to go up in experience. Um, but being able to, to use that to put these guys at morale 11 um, after moving and then dropping into ambush and then killing some guys and then moving and dropping into some ambush and killing some guys. Um, Pretty much doing that almost every turn because you have a 24-inch rifle range with plus one to hit. Like, they're scary. (laughs) They're so scary. Yeah, they're... um they're definitely good at what they're supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just, I you don't it. even, <laughs> like, you don't even take a light machine gun. No, there, there would almost be no point with, with this particular unit in particular, there's no point in taking that, that LMG. Yeah. No. Um, you are much better off with a rifle shot. Um, for your range, the uh, the you get no minuses for it. Um, matching up all your special rules, the rifle is just safer. So now you're saving points. You're saving points on your list. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, LMGs, machine guns are still good, but oh yeah, there's there's other units out there uh, in other armies that they do it even better. So. Yeah, twenty points for an LMG, and or you just take another rifle and go from there, and take take your bonuses and use use all that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, that's a good unit. I like that unit. It's probably like that unit. it is the thing you will see the most of in any Finnish force um, because yeah. of it. Um, 
you're going to pay the, the Finns are going to pay for it. Um, at 70 points for five guys, it's uh, it's as expensive as a, a normal veteran unit, but they are up there. I like that the uh, uh, the Colta were legendary huntsmen able to smell the Russians hundreds of yards away in the deep forest, <laughs> or able to gauge the number of enemy soldiers and horses by hearing alone. So, <laughs> right? That yeah, is so. That, that is such a Finnish thing that would go on. <laughs> In the story, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, and nice. the uh, the 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 Finnish um, special character, um, I, I think he's in this book. I think he's a little later yep. on. Um, the but the most decorated uh, sniper in uh, in World War Two um, is was one of these CC recon squads. Uh, Simo Haiai. He was. Um, something uh, five five hundred confirmed kills um without using um like a modified scope he would just use a, a targeter and sometimes even just his iron sights uh yeah killing soviets in uh in the war and like just a badass um got and he was pretty he was messed up too right yeah like he, he took an in, he took a he took a facial injury. The face. Yeah. yeah, he, uh, him, and his team were on a, a recon squad, uh, or on a on a recon, and they were ambushed by uh, some Soviets. And he ended up taking uh, a grenade uh, pretty close to the face. Um, and uh, he he lived. Uh, he lived to uh, keep fighting. Actually, he uh, he went on leave and got some uh, constructed surgery but he and then continued to to go out and fight but yeah he he became the white death after that because uh the russians thought that they got him and then their officers started falling fairly dying again yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's when he got his uh his true nickname was the white death so good old simo so great unit love it I'm going to let you try and pronounce this next one. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> uh, Calcaportio? I don't, I don't know. You're actually fairly close. You're actually fairly close. The The genuine consensus is that it's uh, uh, Calcaportio. So, okay. So the TO the the TO is uh is that kind of that Spanish role partial mm. the Calca partial. So the Calca partial long distance recon squad. These guys are amazing. Um they are the elite of the elite of the Finnish army. So you know, arguably the Americans have the Marines um, you know the the Brits have their commandos and SAS. The uh, the Germans have their uh, their um, their SS squadrons and their 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 elite units. The Kalkaparshio are the elite of Finland, um, and they are they are elite. Uh, they start off as veteran infantry, 115 points for five guys, one NCO and four men. 115 points. <laughs> they all come mm -hmm. with submachine guns and anti-tank grenades. And then right. they only have three options. 
So the three options are you can add four additional soldiers with SMGs uh, at 23 points apiece. And then any soldier may choose to have a rifle in addition to their submachine gun for one point. Interesting. Then the entire squad uh, may be equipped with skis for one point. So there's only three options. Pretty easy to choose from. Um, and judging on the rest of the Finnish army, those extra rifles are kind of worth it. I'm looking at the rules. Um, but here's where they get good. And by good, I mean psycho. <laughs> so their special <laughs> rules are they are tank hunters. They are fanatics. Yep. They are medics. They uh, have the deep strike mission um, and their ski troops. So they're medics. Every single one of them is a medic. Each man carries a field surgery kit and is a skilled medic. Therefore, the unit can self-medicate and always acts exactly the same way as if a medic was within six inches of that unit. They can heal each other. Yeah, Nine so they, they essentially have like a feel no pain. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Nine guys sitting on a, an objective with machine guns and rifles, and they're all medics. Um, they're pretty good. They're fanatics, too. They're crazy. Um, makes it just that much better. Um, their deep strike mission rule is actually one of their better ones. Um, so, when outflanking, as described uh, uh, in the bolt action rulebook, Calcopartio books may enter from either the left or right table edge as normal, or even from the enemy's own table edge. So, what they get to do is they get to wait, come on, uh, you, you have to pre-decide uh, when they're going to be coming on for their deep strike, um, but they have to wait for when you rolled your reserves, and they can literally just pop on to the backside of your opponent's table edge to cause some ruckus. These guys are potentially game changers um, for a Finnish army, and, and I do mean that in the game. They, they have the ability to turn a tide um, just by coming on the board in certain uh, missions or in, cert or in certain scenarios that need that, that law or that uh, far distance uh, table interaction. So and they're veterans. <laughs> That's a lot of goodies. <laughs> like. That's almost, like, too good. <laughs> That's crazy. They, they are too good. Um, they, are, they are fairly strong. I, I have seen Calcoparcio take on uh, Panzers, uh, who have been sitting on the backboard, um, just holding the line or holding, holding a table quarter. Or a, a table quarter. Um, I've seen them take on uh, just mass units of infantry, uh, with their submachine guns being in close range. Um, I've seen them take objectives and hold on to them for the rest of the games. Um, right. For, you know, what, 115, and then you're doing another 100 points, so 215 points. Like, they are a, a tank all on themselves that can heal. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh kind of blows my blows my mind actually i have i've actually never fought against fins so 
uh, now actually kind of looking at them in more detail. I know, I know what army I'm going to start. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough armies to deal with the players and build. Um, I can see why there's that big attraction to playing this army. I mean, rule wise, that is, of mm-hmm. course, their infantry have some really, really good rules. And, um, and then their army rules combine with that. And not to mention, they also have a rule that gives them, that ignores the minus one modifier on coming onto the table while outflanking. Exactly. So, yeah, that's some scary shit. <laughs> Yo. So. And, and, and the best part about it is that you know, like your opponent knows that that unit is sitting over there and they are going to outflank. Mm-hmm. But they actually don't know where they're going to come from. And if your opponent is, if your opponent is uh, is is fluent in bolt action rule books, they know that it's a scary unit. Like y- you, the Finns can control a battlefield without even having all of their force on the battlefield. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just trying <laughs> just trying to think like, how would you kind of counter that unit? Actually, um, uh, machine guns. If you're putting four or five shots into them around, um, they are they are going to fail a wound. Um, they're going to fail their their medic save, um, and they will go down eventually. So, pointing pointing rifles and pointing shots at them, like they will go, they will go down. And the Finn, like personally uh, playing them, like I've had to make that decision of. You know, do I put this unit, uh, do I put my order dice down or do I keep them, you know, ready to, uh, to fight and suck up those wounds to try and, you know, push the mission. So they, they can be countered, but you know, for 215 points, it takes, it takes quite a few rifles and quite a few machine gun shots to, uh, to put them in their place. But this, this, this unit almost would tell me like. Stay away from the edges. Get your army moving. Go like depending on the mission or whatever. Like if there's objectives that you need to move for, well, you better you better be moving for them and like staying away from the edges to um not hamper this unit, but like reduce its effectiveness. Exactly. Right, and then like if you have artillery in the back, um, pretty good chance there there's they're done for when this unit comes on but at the same time maybe that artillery unit really isn't the target for that unit so i don't know having a tank you you see it a lot guys use their armor and their like their tanks in the background and they just kind of castle there with the tank and, and open fire but i've also been on that receiving end of uh, you know, having that tank in the back end trying to do some work and it's that one mission where you could come on from whatever board edge that your opponent didn't come off the last the last time, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I've lost a tank to that. Like, I've lost a, uh, what was it? Uh, IS-2, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just enemy Panzer, Panzer Shrek team came in and, and 
was in range and blew me a, a new one from from behind right so um so yeah this unit like not only does it put a little bit of uh, of thought process on how you're going to move your infantry units but now you have to worry about the placement of your artillery can it move can it get into a further position where you're not just going to get raked by smgs mm -hmm. when they initially come on and then at the same time you know uh, your tanks well if these things make contact with your tanks well your tank's probably done you know especially considering it'll be coming from a flank or a rear exactly hmm. and this is this is why i say that you know the 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 fins have a level of control over that battlefield um mm -hmm. whenever you play that game um this unit sitting off to the side of the table your opponent knows they're going to come in so like you say they're going to move in they're going to target an objective they're going to try and mitigate what this unit can do but what does that do that brings you into engagement range for my army which yeah includes my rifle squads who are in ambush my my cc who are also in ambush my uh continuation wars who are also in ambush like this is this is what i mean by that control so it is it is a it is a a good army to face off against and you will always have a good fight for the most part playing with playing against uh fins but they are definitely a, a hard army to play with. Um, you do have to do, um, I don't want to say min-max, but you do have to utilize all of your special rules and all of your unit rules to their full effectiveness to play okay. this army well. Um, because in, in reality, like, uh, uh, you know, 60, 60 Soviet or, or like a 60-man Soviet squad or squads could charge through and roll through my my nine defenders uh, per squad in no time. You know, like it's it yeah. uh, it can happen. Uh, so trusting your infantry and use utilizing them to the 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 their highest level is totally what ends do best. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So scary. I love them. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's where the cream of the crop is for them, for sure. Yeah. It's those those infantry units that they have. Yeah. Because um, as we go forward, like right now, we're going to be like you're you're looking at like meaning machine gun teams, anti tank rifle teams, you know, Panzerschreck flamethrower teams. So they have the options for those. Yeah. Uh, you, you know. You get your normal stuff uh, that you would with any other army. You get your yeah. light artillery, um, medium artillery, yeah. your howitzers. Um, their their tanks and their um, vehicles are where they lack, and and it's a it's a much smaller list than than really anything right. else. Um, so so with these other teams though, the one thing that's different um, again you can't take inexperience. Mm -hmm. And and then secondly, they actually have like the the ski troops and um, you know like the ski and, and gun mounted on a Accio sledge for 
like an anti-tank rifle team. Yep. So they very they very much have given those regular style teams the access or already um, the ski rule, right? Which is a very it's a common thing with this army. That's that's they know their landscape, right? So they've adapted those weapons for the landscape. Um, Panjashrek team is is quite the same thing. Same thing with the flamethrower, except they can have skis as well. Sniper team. So sniper team's a little different. Uh, have skis as well, but then they also have master of the hunt. Yep. So essentially it's turning their dice into ambush after uh, an advance without a fire order. Mm -hmm. So, which is pretty cool. Fits right in with the army, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Looks like their mortar teams, uh, one of the armies that's able to get heavy mortars, which is interesting. Uh, I'm sure the Germans supplied some of that stuff, maybe, or got some stuff from the Soviets. Uh, yeah, a couple of 120 millimeter heavy mortars from the Soviets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, yeah, like like you're saying, you know, looking through the artillery, uh, you know, you got your light, your medium, your heavies. Essentially, the same thing as most other armies: um, gun shields, you know, can add spotters, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's nice that you have those options still, because you might you might need a little bit of that punch, mm-hmm. right? Um, same thing with the light or the anti tank guns. Uh, what is it? Looks like oh, you get a you get a heavy anti tank gun if you like, mm-hmm. which is good. Good old pack um, forty. Yep. The um, the light anti tank guns. The uh, looks like there's a upgrade for like an M42 anti tank gun. So yeah, and mm-hmm. what it does is it adds uh, plus one to the penetration value um, at short range. There you go. But it's only for the continuation war armies. Uh, it does specify that. So gotcha. Keep that in yeah. mind when building your lists. Some AA guns. And then, yeah, as we go into tanks, uh, one thing I did notice with the tanks is a lot of them are like, a few of them are like captured. Yeah. Tanks as well, right? Yeah. Most of the tanks in the in the Finnish army um, were captured vehicles or repurposed vehicles um, that were not, uh, didn't have uh, a ready supply of parts. Um, so yeah. you'll see T-34s, you're going to see, um, uh, what the, the, the KV-1s, um, would pop up mm-hmm. every now and then, uh, the, uh, uh, the T-28s, um, mostly Soviet tanks, obviously, uh, because they were in an abundance. BT-5s, would, BT-7s, yeah. Yeah, they would be captured, uh, quite regularly. Um, but they did have their, their own tank um well i guess tankette um which is the uh the vicar six uh which was given to them by the british um for their purposes like uh, i know there was some uh some 
pre-war trade that was going on and and uh, the Brits offered them, but they are uh, um, they're tankettes. They're seven plus armored vehicles, so they're not they're not the best yeah. compared. Um, but you do get Stugs. Yes. You do get Stugs, and they are not unreliable. That's right. They're not unreliable. So mm-hmm. something to look forward to. There is hope in a Finnish tank army. Yep, and we get the uh, forward-facing heavy anti-tank gun. So and uh, hull-mounted MMG, just like any other, essentially um, at that uh, state. Um, the usual cost, close to you know two thirty. Yep, that's per- pretty average for that style of tank. Um, but definitely, if you're not, if most of them have that unreliable rule. Which could be quite the hamper. It uh, uh, it definitely hampers, um, but it also makes the tanks uh, relatively cheaper than what you would be buying them in the regular army. Um, it's right. kind of it's kind of that little balance out. Um, I believe the T thirty four is two hundred twenty some odd points um, in the Soviet army. This one they have it as like two four or two, sorry two o four. So two o four at veteran. Yeah. So, and that's another thing I noticed, regular veterans. Yeah. And some of your bigger Soviet tanks that they've captured are just veteran, period. So that's interesting. Price, I mean, prices might be a little cheaper at veteran, um, but you get the unreliable, which, you know, um, essentially if you suffer one or more pin Markers as a result of an enemy attack, it automatically suffers one further pin uh, in addition. So, yeah, I mean, how bad is that? I mean, it could be bad if you actually survive the attack. Because, I mean, let's be frank. I mean, I, I had a game today with Jason and the first shot took out my Panzer III <laughs> on the first turn. Uh, what do you want me to say? Right? Exactly. Like this, you're paying a little bit less, but you still have access to the, the tank. If you play it smart, you know, if you, if you play it uh, where you're not taking that chance where you're actually going to get hit, maybe you put it on the refuse flank and use it against the infantry. Uh, it's pretty cheap for a veteran. Mm-hmm. Right? KV-1's a bigger price point, but it's a KV-1, so... It is. Um yeah. Still, Other only than, veteran. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, like, okay, you have your Stug, right? Uh, looks like you have your BT-42 as well. Mm-hmm. So you get your medium howitzer tank. It's probably... Your armored cars? Yeah, the, the BT-42 is probably going to be your go-to um, for your tank for uh, your tank. Uh, slot um, for the mm-hmm. most part because it is it's it's uh, it doesn't have unreliable um, it's 140 points for regular it is a light tank so most uh, most heavier weapons are going to take it out um, relatively quickly uh, at eight plus armor value um, but it can do it can do some things uh, with that medium howitzer like it's not uh, it's not soft uh, and it's one of the 
the cheaper ones, like I said, because you have regular at 140 or veteran at 168. So pretty, pretty manageable points wise. Yeah. Yeah. So not, uh, not a heck of a lot of options for tanks and or armored cars, but uh, at the same time, I mean, you know, they weren't, probably weren't producing as hardcore as some of the other countries in the, in the war, right? Oh yeah. Um, so, but you have some good options. Uh, I, I do like the options in here. It gives it a bit of flair. Plus you can always buy some Soviet miniatures and obviously paint them up and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, put those nice decals on. And now you have yourself that captured vehicle, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You get the cute uh, little, Comsolots to go with it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at that too. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, for in this main book. Um, so you have options. It's, it's a playable army, right? Um, unlike some of the other nations that are in like this book and, or the, uh, France and allies book. Some of the nations just have so little units that it's sometimes they're not really a playable army. Mm -hmm. They're more of just a playable force in a scenario. Um, but this this is definitely a playable army for sure. Um, I'm not sure if there's any other books that have other units for them. Uh, Dana, you might there there is um, the yeah. only units you get are from the uh, the. Italian and Axie's book. It's uh, they're all right there. Okay. Well, I'm sure. Who knows? Possibly in the future there might be more. But I mean, this is a really good, really good section for for them. Um, and then you also do have some theater selectors as well. Um, so oh, yeah. just essentially to essentially to uh, you know give you kind of an idea of, of the different eras and different years of, of battle and what they had in their lineup. So you got what? One, two, three, you got about four theater selectors Yeah, that you can play around with as well. Recreate those battles, you know, against the Soviets and stuff. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty good. Um, so, I guess uh, if you want, I mean, did you want to touch on miniatures or? Oh yeah, uh, oh okay. yeah. So this 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 army um, has the the aesthetic of the the Finnish army is fairly close to um, German standard. So if if the you Germans. look, at, yeah, I know. If you look at a German army, you if you kind of squint your eyes a little bit you can see the fins inside of it. Um, and the right. reason for that is because during the war, the Germans supplied the fins with um, equipment. Uh, LMGs, uniforms, helmets, um, everything. They, they, The Germans said, you're going to fight the Soviets, we're going to help. Um, so they have that aesthetic. The only differences are obviously color. Um, but as the war went on, the... Uh, the, the Finns started losing weapons um, and had to collect new ones. So they would take whatever they could. 
and whatever they could get was mostly Soviet stuff. Um, so, from a hobby perspective, this army is great at um, being able to um, kitbash uh, your own squads, um, make them unique looking uh, by putting Russian heads on uh, German here bodies um, with maybe a, a uh, what's the the the, the 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 iconic Russian machine gun, the one that's got that little barrel or that little magazine underneath um, in there? Like you can you can really play around um, with the kits uh, that are available everywhere uh, to make this army look good, um, and no one can judge you for it um, because it might look like Russian, but if you put a gray uniform on them, they're gonna look like Finns. Yeah, capture out. equipment yeah. exactly captured equipment is is good um now when it comes to getting into this here's my uh here's my my little bit of a bitter taste um i i ended up buying um the uh the metal finish models uh from warlord off of uh, somebody here in the city um who had a majority of the range and these models are terrible. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. So okay. these are old uh, metal 28s uh, that Warlord uh, created. They are old. Um, so the molds have done what molds do. They're, you can kind of see slippages. You can see that there's some um, degradation um, from casting over and over and over again um okay. and the models are 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 bad um the heads come separately uh, on almost all of the the warlord uh finished models the heads come separately so you can put uh cap hats on or helmet heads on or do whatever right. um but most of them have the neck uh the, the the neck attached to their head and you slot the neck into the neck hole of the body and that's all you get there's not a lot of room to play around. Um, the the heads generally only fit in one uh, direction. So even if you want, you know, one of your guys to look to the left or look to the right, you can see that it's um, it doesn't look it's right. It doesn't look natural. Yeah. Um, so and and like I said, these are these are older sculpts. I've built them. I've painted them. Um, after priming them and painting them, I, you catch more things. You catch uh, detail missing in certain aspects. You catch a lot of flash that you didn't see or mold slippage. Um, so it, it's not that I don't recommend them because there are some that are really good. There's little hidden gems. <laughs> Fair enough. The, uh, the Continuation War Rifles, uh, Rifle Box Squad, it's, it's bad. But the uh, uh, MMG team uh, that you that you can pick up that has the little uh, skis on the MMG, it's beautifully cast. All the models look good. They sit well. They join up together really well. Um, they huddle around their their MMG really well. They look great. The uh, command. Um, blister pack that you can get with the Finnish officer and I think he's got a, a sniper dude with him um, or a sniper with him they look great 
the bodies are a little disproportionate um, compared to the uh, the metal heads that you get. I think there was uh, maybe two different sculptors working on it, um, but they're 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 dressed a little bit more for cooler temperatures, so they actually look okay. Um, okay. And then the ski troopers. Most probably one of the most iconic units in this game. Uh, most people use them as the the CC Recon team or the Calcopartio. Um, those miniatures look really good. They build really good. They're probably one of my favorites. Um, so again, little hidden gems, but some of them, the casts are just bad. But hmm. there's ways to fix that, <laughs> or Fair or enough. at least uh, hobby yourself into something uh, a little a little more pleasant to paint. Um, the easiest thing you can do, um, if you're doing something that is uh, very uh, spring themed um, or summer themed, you take a, a German here miniature. Uh, yeah. Like a plastic German here, uh, one one of the Blitzkrieg miniatures uh, that Warlord produces, or uh, I think War Games Atlantic have the German Leer, um, and you use them. They have the they have the hats, they have the rifles, they have SMGs. They look perfectly fine um, when painted up uh, in the finished uniform colors. It's a, a light gray top with a dark gray pants. And even though they look like Germans, they're going to look like Germans. Um, but you can go one step further, too, by incorporating some um, summer Soviet stuff or some, some regular-looking Soviet stuff. Uh, maybe putting German weapons on a Soviet body or Soviet weapons on a German body. Um, mix and match the helmet options uh, for the both plastic lines. Um, you know, talk to your mates about picking up some bits if anybody's got some left over. Um, it'll, it'll make you feel better about painting your army when your stuff <laughs> kind of looks good. Uh, and Fair enough. It's, it's, I did, it's what I did for half of my squads, and I told myself I was going to paint up the metal ones, and I did, and they're painted. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. The other thing you can do, um, hobby-wise and miniature-wise, is um, taking winter Germans um, and taking winter Russians and mashing those bits together. Uh, you're probably going to need two boxes of, uh, of infantry for your army anyway, for the most part. So if you buy one of each um, along the Warlord line, you'll have more than enough bits to customize a, a heavy winter-themed army that'll look absolutely amazing on the table. Um, it's probably the number one tip I give to people who are interested in, in playing bins is look at your kit bash potential to do what you want to do. So that's my rant. That's my thing. No, some solid advice, definitely. I, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm curious now I'm actually going to go online and like after this podcast and do some research on, on, uh, other miniatures that are out there for the army just to pique my curiosity. There, so. there is, um, I know there is a, a 3d printed, uh, there's, mm. there's a guy who does 3d printed, uh, stuff, uh, models for, for fins uh, in 28 mil scale. And they look really good. 
They look really good for 3D prints. Um, and he's put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, and for, every, for, for your money, you are getting good stuff. There's uh, winter-themed and spring-themed stuff that he's got. He's got, like, a reindeer hauling a, a truck or a, a trailer, and one of the fins is walking with him, so having reindeer in your army, it's all good. Um, but other than that, and other than uh, the Warlord metal fins, there's really not a lot. And there are mm. quite a few people who are hoping that someone like War Games Atlantic or Warlord Games um, come out with like a multi-part plastic kit. A new plastic kit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. That's, uh, I think that's in the works for like, well, not I shouldn't say in the works, but the thought of like most war gamers are hoping that there's that box set coming out. Yep. Right. Um, you know, we, we know Warlord Games has mentioned how much it usually costs for a sprue or whatever, right? Like the design, mm-hmm. it's a fair bit. It's a good chunk of change. So, I mean, they have to be selling a fair bit of it in order to make it worthwhile and this and that, but nothing beats a plastic set. Honestly. I love, I love them. Love them. Right. Like call us spoiled because we've, you know, played other systems that have more refined, uh, miniatures and, and whatnot. And we've been spoiled with plastic over the years, but the same time, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather personally deal with plastic than anything else, you know, resin or, or pewter. Um, I do know like Warlord games, you play around with all three. I get it. It's, it's part of the hobby process and, and different companies have different, uh, you know, products, which are, is fine. Cause I enjoy all the miniatures, honestly. Um, I noticed like, and I don't know if, if there is a difference in size that so you did mention something with the heads and, and whatnot, but I noticed with a couple of the ranges, like the Japanese from the plastic to their pewter, the pewter are a bit smaller. And uh, the French, um, it's funny because they don't have plastic except their tank. Um, but you can look at the miniatures and compare them to a different nation, plastic miniatures, and they are definitely a little bit tighter, a little bit like the gun, the rifles are pretty thin, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. And, um, you know, love it or hate it, a lot of, a lot of guys still love pewter. Um, a lot of guys obviously love plastic, right? So, um, beautiful thing about Warlord Games is you can play with whichever miniatures you want. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of companies don't do that. Some do. Um, a lot of bigger companies don't. But I think it's also becoming a understanding or whatever in the gaming community too, especially with 3D printing that, it's going to happen, right? If 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 I can go and get these beautiful models print three D printed for an army, why not? Right. So, but the beautiful thing is there's options, and for like you said, you you mentioned quite a few options for for building an army like this, which I'm sure uh, people will grasp onto and and you know helps them out if they're interested, and. Um, there's just lots of options out there that you can play around with. I know Bill's a big advocate of converting 
you know, he likes plastic. Um, he didn't want to have any pewter in his army, so he converted stuff, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, you know, as long as you don't have some plasma gun on a British infantryman or something, you know. Hey, hey, so. hey, now we're talking about K-47 here, okay? So, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast uh, that you got to yeah. invite me back for. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to get you on there with, uh, with, some, with the other guy, with Bob as well. Bob. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Looking forward to uh, to seeing what they do with that game too, with that uh, part of bolt action. I'm so excited. Be interesting. So excited. So cool. Right on. Uh, that's. I think that's pretty good for the episode. Uh, lots of good info. Lots of good. Uh, um, you know, kind of like tactics and stuff that you can use with this army, and just an insight of how this army kind of is and can be played and uh, its strengths and, of course, some of its weaknesses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, thanks for coming on, Dana. Um, that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that. And uh, gives me an insight in the army a little bit more as, as like I said, it's, it's a bit of a, a more of a rare army that you see on the battlefield. Yeah. So. I was happy to do it. And now we yeah. have to find one more obscure uh, bolt action army to uh, delve deep into <laughs> for next time, maybe. Don't worry, I, I have uh, I have my Hungarians in the background. So. <laughs> I was thinking Norway, but we we do have a uh, there is a gentleman who I haven't seen him in, in a long time, unfortunately. Uh, really good guy, uh, Cam. Um, he actually was the only guy that I see play the Chinese. Oh, so yeah, um, it's a very interesting army as well, but, uh, that's for another episode. <laughs> so, so again, yeah, thanks for, for coming on. Uh, I hope you had a good time as well. Um, it was good to see you the other week there at the, uh, the 30 K event that we had as well. I was happy. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And um, I'm hoping that uh, eventually we'll get some more things going on and events and and, and whatnot and collaborations. Absolutely. Um, So uh, if you guys, uh, you know, are in the Calgary area area there, um, go check out uh, the gaming stores down there. Um, Ogres and in Sentry Box. There you go. Check them out. I'm sure you'll find Dana there quite often. Um, if you're looking for bolt action, I'm sure it's you'll see it instantly being played. And of course, all the other games that us gamers are involved in. Um, you know, some good spaces to play. Uh, a lot of nice product there, and, and even um, uh, some older product that will bring you back in time um, to check out. So. If you love gaming, if you love wargaming, yeah, ch- check the places out. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode too. Uh, we'll obviously have more of these style episodes plus more, um, you know, revolving around bolt action, of course. So um, check out our, our socials, you know, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we also um, have the Patreon going if you're ever interested. Even just, you know, every every little thing helps we get a cup of coffee here and there um but again if you enjoyed it let us know post comments 
maybe you have a different idea on the army. Maybe you agree, disagree on certain things. Let us know. We love to hear that stuff. So again, thanks for joining. Hope you enjoyed and we'll catch you guys next time.